This podcast features strong language, adult themes, and violence, and is not recommended for younger listeners. Enjoy! Welcome, my darling, to episode three of the Blood Crow Stories. I'm so glad you've joined us. We continue the tale of the SS Utopia and check in on our student Max, whose behavior is... concerning. Hey everyone, welcome to episode three. I... I haven't slept in two days. I've been going through all the extra stuff Scott and Ellie found, and... Well, it's a lot of good stuff, at least to me. There's a lot going on at one time, and yet nothing going on at the same time. Hmm. I've got 15,000 hours that exist, and Scott and Ellie are still sending me 200-hour batches. Despite how tedious that is to go through, there's been some interesting stuff. Let's just get right into it. Time to check up for everyone. We are here for our first one-month checkup. <clears throat> How are you feeling, Mr. Washburn? All right, I guess. Life has been pretty normal compared to back home. Getting to see our friends is more delightful as well. How has being on the ship been for your marriage? Oh, it's been swell. I used to work all the time and really never had time for Mary. Poor thing was so lonely. Now we get all the time we can stand together. Yes, that is wonderful. Uh, that leads me to an inquiry I had. Uh, yes, go ahead. I was wondering if I might be able to uh, have a session or two with your wife. You are the only married gentleman in my research, so I would like to get your wife's take on things. I thought she wasn't supposed to know about this. Oh, it can be our little secret. You can just say you'd like her to visit me for her own good. Loving husbands should always make sure their wives have proper care at all times, yes? Oh, yes, of course. Very clever on Dr. Wiseman's part, and unfortunately, I've yet to dig out Mary's meeting with him, because I'm positive he recorded it. There's honestly so many files that I've just been separating them by person now. There's really no time to pre-screen them. I'm just gonna go by person and date and hope you guys like it. Uh, so we'll stick with Tommy for a moment. Mary, it's going to be fine. The dinner is going on upstairs. I just don't want anyone to hear us. These walls are so thin, and it... It's so improper. I know, my darling. But we have to pick our opportunities when everyone is gone. What was it Muriel said? We can have our own little mermaid? Oh, don't you start the funds, too. <laughs> what? I think it's cute. It'll be all right. The dinner show isn't going to end for at least another hour. Fine. What was that? I'll look. Looks like a shock. Damn thing must have hit the boat. Well, it scared me half to death. No, yeah, we don't have to let it spoil our evening. <laughs> Tommy, my heart is pounding out of my chest. I was nervous before, but now there's no way. <laughs> okay. We can just order in some dinner. How about that? I would like that very much. Yeah, well, that's certainly one way to wake me up. Jesus Christ. Let's get another tape.
Must be that shark again. He's hit this boat three times now. Don't try and ignore the game. I was just about to win. Not on your life, Edith. Jen! Oh, fine then. And you know, you're staying below deck too much. You know how many times that shark has hit the boat, which means you're down here too much. And you've been up my behind too much. I swear, you're worse than Marshall never giving me a moment's peace. I'm pretty sure he's giving you all the peace you need. What did you say, Edith? I said you've got all the peace you need now since he's staying back on land. It's a temporary peace. That man can't tie his shoes without me. And I'm going to have a good laugh when he comes rowing out here to come back. Penny, he's not going to row out here. You know that, right? Pipe down, Edith. You sure are touchy today. You guys heard that too, right? Fuck. I think these tapes degraded in quality a bit more than I thought. Shit. Let's hope the remaining tapes don't have this too. <laughs> Let's try one of Leo's tapes. Hey, that's coming along real good. Oh, thank you. I'm unfortunately not really pleased with it. Why's that? I think it looks just like the picture. It doesn't feel like it's my best. I'm so sorry, Leo. I want this to be perfect. I mean, I'm not a fancy art type, but it's perfect to me. I can't even draw a straight line. You've got amazing skill. I really like it. Hey, hey, are you crying? No, I, I mean, I'm trying not to. Every time I paint for others, all they do is complain, and my husband, well, Peter just doesn't really think painting is important. Oh, that's ridiculous. Painting is plenty important. You make beautiful things, and that makes people happy. Hey, look at the animals. They're already loving it. I got something that may cheer you up. Yes? This little guy hatched the other day. I haven't picked a name for him yet. Here, you name him. Oh, oh my goodness, he's so tiny, and he's so soft. <laughs> Oh, I'll name him after my father, Reginald. Oh, big name for a little guy. I'm sure he'll grow into it, won't you, Reginald? <laughs> oh, thank you, Leo. This is so sweet. Bet you never thought when you got your boat tickets you'd have a rooster, too. <laughs> no, never. So one of the first things I was curious of was how these people even became passengers on the Utopia. Apparently, it was as simple as a classified ad. Why suffer the present when you can relax in the future? And there's a phone number and no other information. So I'm sure they received hundreds of calls. It seems there was a massive group of labor workers who were told nothing about the project, but I wager they pieced it together. Apparently the tickets were insanely expensive, but I can't find any evidence of exactly how much it was. Eh, a small detail, but well, I, <laughs> I love details. It seems the news got word of this mysterious ship that was setting sail on that day and ran down to the docks to find people to give them information. I got a hold of the newsreel, and there's a couple of interesting appearances. <laughs> setting sail today is a mysterious boat known only as the SS Utopia. Not much is known about this large liner, so let's talk to some people. Ma'am, ma'am, what is this boat? 
It's the future, son, and you're making me late for it. Ma'am, ma'am, fine, um, sir. Do you have any words for the world about this SS utopia? What's there to be said? Luxury belongs to those who can pay for it, and that's what we've done. If you're not a passenger, then you don't need to know. <laughs> well, folks, I'm going to keep trying to get some answers. As people come flooding in to board this ship, maybe, just maybe, we can find out more about this elusive luxury. Stay with us, folks. That's all for that report. I can't find any others. In any internet searches, just pull up this other SS Utopia ship that sank in the 1800s, and there's no connection between them. It just seems like there was plenty hidden. Which might seem odd, but in days without internet, I guess the rich had an easier time being exclusive. I think that secrecy is what bred a lot of contempt from the stowaways and the workers. Jealousy is a very powerful motivator. You've got guts getting on the boat, Nora. What guts? Wouldn't you all have done the same? No. Walter invited me here. So did Belinda's guy. I still don't get why you came. He told you it was over. Oh, he's always like that. He says a bunch of things he doesn't mean, then takes it back a week later. He could never make up his mind about anything. One week he's telling me how he only loves his wife. Next week he's on my doorstep with flowers. I just gotta wait it out. When he starts missing me like crazy, that's when I'll show him I'm here. I don't know. Saw him up top and he seemed pretty happy. Yeah, well David is having a baby with his wife and not you, so can it, Belinda. <laughs> she has a point, Lindy. You too, Henrietta. You're laughing like a hyena, but didn't Walter tell you that you weren't allowed above the third floor? There's no reason to be rude. This ain't the Ansonia, after all. You ain't got a fancy sweetie's paying for. Hey, anywhere can be the Ansonia if you make it the Ansonia. That hallway out there can be 74th if I make it that way, so back off, Henry. Nora's situation is really starting to break my heart. I hope something at least happens for her before the boat sinks. I mean, I, I guess this is sort of what we were warned about in class. Emotional investment. All right, hello. Uh, I have decided to keep my own personal journal as well, uh, with knowing that I will be analyzing the passengers in real time. I feel perhaps I should have recordings to analyze myself in the future. I feel I may not be entirely immune to the effects of isolation, even with being aware of them. So, hopefully, these casual diaries will be insight into my own self for the future. Uh, this level of personal reflection might be crucial in research into our own self-awareness. So for now, I think I will go upstairs and grab some dinner. There's a lounge singer again tonight. I would much rather just have a quiet dinner, but I guess I can handle a crooner for a while. The food is surprisingly good. I should really encourage more people to thank Leo, but that might seem like favoritism. I do find myself struggling at times to separate my emotions from my patience in this case. It's concerning, as this has previously never been a problem. Perhaps this is an effect of isolationism 
therefore, perhaps this is an effect of the method with which I am choosing to observe their behavior. This level of access to a person's thought, I feel, could cause anyone to develop unhealthy attachments. Well, at least Dr. Wiseman is having a similar situation. Uh, he's feeling for them like I am, and I think his reasoning might be right. I mean, if you if you read, or in my case, listen to anyone's diary long enough, you feel intimately close with them. It's a little comforting to know that a very amazing doctor isn't immune to this. In a way, I hope he doesn't engage them personally so that the tapes aren't affected, but I, I'm not sure how he can avoid it. I mean, if I'm getting too invested in a patient's life, I can just avoid them. You know, chances are I won't see them in my everyday life, but he doesn't have that luxury. The people around him don't just go away. Mr. Manus broke into my office yesterday. I caught him going through his file. He seemed distraught, but thankfully I was able to calm him. I did manage to record our conversation without his knowledge. I felt knowing he was being recorded would betray his trust, but the conversation could prove useful. His potential paranoia seems to be increasing. I'm unable to discern yet if this has to do with the isolation or the class system that has very much carried over from before boarding the ship. Oh, I found the tape. Why do you feel you need your file? It's got me family listed in there, and I don't want anyone knowing who they are. Mr. Manus, you were the one who gave me that information in your intake. Ain't a man allowed to regret things. I'm curious about why you would regret it. I implore you. I am here to help you understand your mind and what motivates you and uh, drives you. I have no other goals but to learn and assist you. Oh, but what about all the other people doing this little experiment here? I am there for them, too. Uh, Does it bother you that there are other participants? It bothers me. Who? I snuck upstairs with some fancy clothes I borrowed from Rosie's husband and wanted to see some sunlight for a bit. And do you know what I saw, boyo, do you? Huh? I saw a briefcase just like mine, sitting at a table full of rich kids, and they were laughing and playing and enjoying themselves. Yes, yes, I need to analyze various types of people to understand the effects and how it may affect who you are and what your status in life is. None of your information is shared with uh, anyone else, I assure you. Oh, I will, and if you won't share it, you won't have a problem with me taking it. I need them for my own notes. If you mention your mother in your tapes, I need to remember who she is. No, you don't. Now give me my file back. I have a compromise for you. Will you accept it if you watch me take my marker and blacken out their names from the file? Will that give you some peace, hmm? Yeah, that's fine. 
Well, that went well. That was... tense. Aiden definitely is starting to push more and more into paranoia, but also his reason seems to be that he saw Tommy up on deck. The people are crossing over in a way, and that's that's exciting to me. I mean, there was no way they couldn't know each other. I mean, there was no way they couldn't know other people were in the test. I, I wonder if that's going to come out more, if they'll embellish, if they'll hide some truths, things like that, but... Okay, it's past lunch. I'm going on three days of no sleep. Let's hurry up and finish this episode. Maybe another Fiona tape. Yeah, those are sweet. Painting today went so wonderful. I'm at least making progress on the base of the picture. It's such a big space that I need to go in stages. It's going to take a while, but it will be so wonderful when it's done. And today, Reginald sat beside me while I was sitting and painting. Leo did his usual work. I just made sure to stay out of the way. He said maybe tomorrow he can teach me about gardening. I can't wait. I've always thought it would be so wonderful to learn how to grow my own vegetables. I mean, I know that's something a poor person would do. But it seems so true and earthy. It's beautiful. Fiona! Mm. Darling, darling, come to me. Pity? <laughs> you poor thing, you can barely stand up. Those men at the poker game are absolute cads. We didn't bet any money, we, we just bet glasses of scotch. So you won? You're damn right I won. Pity, keep your voice down, it's the middle of the night. I told you to call me Peter. Peter is what strangers call you, but Petey is what I, and I alone, call you. It's special. Oh, come on, let me get you to bed. Take your hands off me, foolish woman. Oh, now you're just being cruel. I'm trying to take care of you. I don't need some stupid little girl to take care of me. Now you listen here. I... Ah! Fine. Go put yourself to bed. See if I care. Where the hell do you think you're going? I'm taking my things, and I'm going to sleep somewhere else tonight. Your mother isn't here. Where are you going? Good night, Peter. I hope you enjoy yourself. So the project is due on Monday, but of course he's not contributed a single thing to it. I told you. 
told you, you have to tell the professor. Don't let your grades suffer just because some jackass doesn't care. I mean, I'm sure the project will turn out fine. You're on your senior year. Come on, don't blow it now. <sighs> That's Max asleep at his computer, isn't it? It sure is. He's gonna fail if he's not careful. Let's, okay, let's just get him to bed. Yeah, let me shut down his podcast first. Blood Crow Stories is produced by Ellie Collins and Scott Moore. Season 1, The SS Utopia, is written by Ellie Collins. Sound production by Scott Moore. Dr. Wiseman is played by David Benedict. Max is played by Evan Ivey. Tommy Washburn is Judson Ragsdale. Mary Washburn is Laura Hauser. Aidan Manis is Joe Ravenson. Fiona Bedivere is Amanda Van Heil. Nora is Emily Thomas. Penny Rutherford is Angel Ash. Leo Moretti is Charlie Close. Additional voices provided by Zachary Vaudo, Audrey Statler, Lindsay Van Pelt, Leif Ballard, Arun Matthew, Daniel Van Heil, Eric Ravenscraft, and Gray Lynn. This episode featured a guest voice, Lauren Shippen, who played Henrietta. Lauren produces the podcast, The Bright Sessions. You can find them on the podcatcher of your choice and on Twitter at Bright Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes or the podcast app of your choice and follow us on Twitter at TBCS Podcast, Instagram at The Blood Crow Stories, and Facebook at facebook.com backslash The Blood Crow Stories. Find us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash The Blood Crow Stories to become a patron and receive behind the scenes access, bonus episodes, and monthly chats with cast and crew.